than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Put it on the pole. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today is a very special episode, back-to-back interviews. Longtime friend of the show. First up, Jeremiah Milton, professional boxer, getting ready for another big fight. Then we talk to Michael Stopp, an Oklahoma athletic commissioner, and we talk about some of the mascot controversy going on around the country. Stay tuned into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We are available everywhere you can get your podcast. If you're bored at home, just say, Alexa, play Burst Your Bubble podcast. Remember to rate, review, share us with your friends, share us with your family, share us with random people you see on the road. Uh, share us literally anyone you know. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, no hard feelings because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Kyler, I'm excited for today's episode. There is a lot going on in the sports world. So much happening. What sports did you consume over the weekend? Well, I consumed all the sports, but like you said earlier in the intro, the two interviews we have back-to-back, I could not be more excited for. I mean, to just the coincidence of having an up-and-coming heavyweight contender in Jeremiah Milton fighting on this ESPN card in Tulsa, Oklahoma, having on the same day, within the same hour, the Oklahoma Athletic Commissioner, who Josh may just be able to get us those media passes, that a, a little sneak peek into the episode. Fingers crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed there. I'm excited for Jeremiah. This is a uh, – it could be a really big fight for him, really big stepping stone on that ESPN card with top rank. So definitely uh, going to be there with him and, and cheer him on on that, on that either fight. Either way. Either way, for sure. No doubt about it. One, so one thing I did want to talk about before we talked about sports. Josh, have you ever just stubbed your toe really bad and just you're convinced it was broken? Oh, absolutely. It's always the pinky toe. No, so mom was the pinky toe. Mom was just like a middle toe earlier. And it now How did you stub a middle toe? I don't know. And now it's completely fine. Why is that? Probably because it's an extremity. Pain tolerance is at an all-time low down there. I feel like you don't know shit about what you're talking about. But let's talk about some sports we talked we did watch this weekend. The UFC. Josh, I want to go to the UFC first. Oh yeah. What a huge knockout. The main event of the evening, Francis Ngannou. I mean, he looked poised. He defended a very nice takedown at the end of the first round, even though he did get taken down in the first round. Throwing head kicks that we haven't seen out of Ngannou. I mean, he looked like an a, a new fighter and Francis Ngannou versus John Jones you can have you can take all all of my money Josh all of it well let, let's talk about Stipe for a second because there was about 45 seconds when he was probably already knocked out when oh. he was straight leg falling all over the ring for 45 seconds before he actually got knocked out well Josh when you get hit with a 45 pound sledgehammer there's not a whole lot you can do it's one of the most incredible things I've seen on you know how he tried he tried his hardest to stay in there and recover from it but it's like man everyone knows that you were that you're done you know you, you can't walk you can't bend your well, knee well in the first round he had the game plan he got he got the takedown I, I even feel like he may have won the first round he got the he he did take a hard punch but he secured a takedown he secured some damage on the ground and in the second round he landed that that last shot before he got knocked out and DC said in the commentary he thought he had hurt. He thought he had hurt Francis with a right hook, so he rushed in to try and hit him again, and that's when he got clipped with a left hook 
from Francis that ended up finishing the fight. And, I, you know, Stipe, he's got to realize the game plan. I realize, you know, he's in a firefight. And like DC said, if you get in a firefight with, with Francis Ngannou, you're going to go to sleep. And he did. And you will. And John yeah, Jones every time. needs to pay attention to that. If you get in a firefight with Francis Ngannou, you're going to go to sleep. Well, are you as, wor- are you as worried for John Jones as you are Stipe? Josh, I am so ner- – I'm already nervous. And the fight hasn't even been finalized. But I can tell you a fight that is uh, all but finalized to happen on July 10th. What is that? Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Yep. I'm excited July for that. July 10th, all but finalized. Yep, and, and that and the winner of that will obviously face the 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 champion, the the interim champion of Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. So that'll be a great fight as well. Some great, some big time fights coming up in the UFC that could shake up a lot of things. And some the of the up and coming guys. The thing about Francis Ngannou too, just she could fight next weekend. He did he take a punch? I no, I don't. I don't know. He took. A, a, a few, but nothing substantial. Yeah, yeah, that was Francis Ngannou is is something different. I mean, that's a different species. But uh, what's up, Josh? What's up with you? What's up with you this week? Are you in Belize this week? Bahamas? Where you at? I am in Oklahoma. I've got oh, uh, Oklahoma locked. I've got the uh, I've got the boss coming in this week. We got some work to do. Uh, great things around this week is Doctors' Day. Shout out to all of our doctors, healthcare workers. You guys are awesome during this pandemic. So uh, yep. keep up the great work. We appreciate I'm going you sec- all. I'm going to get my second vaccine today. Out of vaccine nice. vaccines. I have my first one scheduled now, so I'll be able to, you know, travel legally whenever the vaccine passport comes out. Shout out vaccines. So, uh, some more. I don't know more. that. I, I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know that. But <laughs> let's go to some sports. Some sports from this weekend that I uh, that I really watched was uh, my bracket with the NCAA yeah. tournament, Kyler. I, I have one bracket where I'm tied for ninth out of 12, and I have one bracket where I'm in third place. So, cool. uh, yeah, my third place bracket's looking really good. Michigan winning yesterday was huge. huge. So, Mi- Michigan, I mean, Michigan winning yesterday was huge, but them losing livers, I think, takes any any chances away they had of winning at all. And you hate to see that. Almost, you do hate to see it. Almost I, as much as you hate to see the kid from Alabama last night blowing those two free throws that would have won Alabama the game against UCLA. A free throw. You know, like, just get one of them to go down. That's just, you know. Let's talk about that final shot from 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 regulation. Send it it overtime from the the kid from Bama, too. Man, it's it's a heartbreaking loss. But the the 11 seed UCLA gets the upset over the two seed Alabama. They're playing dangerous, and they're if they're knocking on the threes, they could they could win it all. I mean, that's the thing, Josh. Gonzaga looks dominant, and Phil Forte didn't lie to us. Houston is really really good, and their play is getting better the deeper they get in this tournament. And those two teams are the real two teams I, I'm really looking at. Go Baylor's ahead. right there too. Whenever Baylor's playing, yeah. they're just as dominant as as any team in the league. I, I think that it's, I think it's going to end up being Baylor and Gonzaga in the championship. But it is is it not crazy to have an 11 seed and a 12 seed in the Elite Eight? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's March Madness. It's March Madness in a pandemic. Would you expect anything less? Oregon State just continue. I you know I I have to say that you know I apologize to Oregon State because I came on the show last week as soon as we started the interview with them and I said Oregon State's about to get rolled. I and, do too. 
their defense did not let them get rolled. They stuck around. They missed their first, like, eight shots. They couldn't make anything. And then their defense just kept them around, kept them around, and got them enough for a lead at halftime, and they never looked back. Just and uh, uh, ORU came off um, – they came very close to pulling off the upset against the three-seed Arkansas, didn't they? That that last play that they drew up, that's exactly what you want. You give Max Amos the ball, you give him a clean a clean look for three at the buzzer, and you, you live with that shot ten times out of ten, whatever the result is. At, out of your team, that's what you have to do in that situation. So Oregon State and Houston, they play uh, Monday night, correct? So tonight, as we're listening to this. Yes. So that's going to be an interesting game. Um, Houston, they're probably favored by at least probably eight points, right? Uh, you would think. Yeah, you would think. Because Houston looks really good. Houston looks really, really good. Phil Forte was not a liar. That's all we're going to on the NCAA tournament, Josh. Any NBA talk you want to talk about? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about, you know, I just, I'm going to ask you this, and I do it every week because they continue to add superstars. How many players does it take for Kevin Durant to beat LeBron James? That's that's my question, and I and I want to well, and I want a fair answer. Well, Josh, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question with a better question. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop? I think that both of those answers are probably the same because Kevin Durant just keeps adding people and adding people, begging the front office to get him some help. But let me let me throw something else at you, Kyler. If the Nets hadn't gotten James Harden, the Nets are barely a 500 team this year. Kevin you're Durant right. has missed. Right about that. Kevin Kevin Durant's missed like 20 games. Kyrie's missed like 18 games. Gosh, I I know a lot of our listeners. Um, I don't know if they're local here um, in McCurtain County or not. But if you check the McCurtain, McCurtain County paper, um, I wrote a piece in there about James Harden being the MVP of this league this season. Because he is the most valuable player of the league. Because um, it, determining your definition of most valuable player, he's the most valuable player to this team. If it wasn't for, like you just said, if it wasn't for James Harden, they would be a 500 team. Yeah, I, especially with LeBron's injury, Joel's case going down. Uh, I, I, James Harden is absolutely at the top. Now, I, you know, I think it, you've got to look at a couple people up there, but he is definitely, definitely one of them up there. I mean, like he's doing it all for the Brooklyn Nets right now. And, and I mean, I, mean, I say Harris, doing it all. I mean, they still have a quality. And let's talk about something else. How is it that Blake Griffin doesn't dunk for three years in his first mm-hmm. game with the Nets? He looks like he's six years younger and is throwing it down from the free throw line. The What's man, going on here? That man got to Detroit and said, I'm taking nothing but 19-footers. That is it. That is it. I'm firing up jumpers from Detroit. I, do, I just don't understand you know what what's going on maybe he's trying to make some highlight plays for a championship run so that way everybody remembers that he was on the team but now that you go and add LaMarcus Aldridge which is what we were talking about at the beginning they added another player if you haven't noticed they added LaMarcus Aldridge and the closing lineup for the Brooklyn Nets Kyrie Harden KD Joe Harris LaMarcus Aldridge Blake Griffin hell whoever you want to throw in there I just don't understand Jeez. I, I don't understand. <laughs> Josh, we're going to win it all, baby. All of this to beat a 35-year-old LeBron James. We're going to win it all, baby. And uh, courtesy of uh, Ethan Skolnick, he's a great follower for the South Florida Sports. Um, his tweet reads that the Heat, I mean, they've made some some great moves over the past couple of days as well. They, they've essentially, over the past couple of years, gotten Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo for Josh Richardson, Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and two second-round picks. So, very, very impressive job there by Pat Riley. Getting Oladipo on this team with Jimmy Buckets, 
and Tyler Hero and Pam Adebayo. I mean, this Heat team, it was scary last year, and all they did was just add another dynamic score, someone that can create their own shot, someone that can actually shoot from deep consistently that's not Tyler Hero. So, you know, the Heat are making moves, making good pieces, and Depot's the kind of guy that will fit into a scheme, and that's yeah. what Eric Spolster needs is some of those guys who, who don't mind to buy into a program. Without giving anything up, too, that Josh didn't give anything up. None of those guys played any significant minute. Yeah, I would have loved for Kelly Olenek to end up at the Thunder somehow, but uh, obviously that didn't happen. Not sure why, but okay, let's move on. Drummond to the Lakers. Um, and listen, I get AD maybe out, but hear me out, Josh. And I, I'm on your side here. I'm going to surprise you here. Even if Anthony Davis misses the playoffs, LeBron James – Andre Drummond, Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, KCP, Caruso, whoever the hell else they have out there, give me them to come out of the West. I completely agree with you. I am surprised that you think that, but I completely agree. And But I think that if Anthony Davis comes back, I, I think they win. I think they beat the Nets in six. I completely disagree. I don't think any team beats the Nets. A team full of gods beats beats the Nets. I, I don't know, man. If you're – the thing about this Lakers team, getting Drummond like they did, if Anthony – when Anthony Davis moves over to that four full-time, that's going to be AD and KD battling. That's going to be all – that's going that's to be Aldridge down there battling. And KD's going to be on the perimeter playing the three. Well, somebody's going to have to guard Andre Drummond. Hey, we'll get Blake if you've got if, if you've got Andre Drummond at the five and AD at the four – how much, Josh? Ask me, answer me a quick math question. I'm, I'm an I'm an English major here. Um, what's worth more points, two or three? Uh, the three is. Okay. But, thank you. Just but I I would like to know AD's field goal percentage from two versus KD's percentage from three, and we'll see how that evens out. Contested, we we will see that. But let's get, move out to the um um the Celtics. I mean, they were the real. I think. You could argue whether they're winners or losers in this deadline or in this trade deadline and in the buyout period. They waived um, Daniel Tice um, going all in on Robert Williams. Um, could possibly sleep DeMarcus Cousins to the Celtics, which I don't hate. Here's some buyout guys that are left, Josh. Here's some guys that are going to end up on some teams that, I mean, could end up being some real competitors down the road. We could see these guys in the playoffs contributing. Otto Porter. Rodney Hood and Austin Rivers. So, out of those three, um, which is the most interesting name to you? Uh, probably Austin Rivers. Definitely. Just from an interesting aspect of, I want to see what he's got left. You know, he he was a lot of hype was around him. He had a couple of really good seasons, and then you know, you just kind of never knew what you were going to get from him. So, if he was to come and sign with one of these, you know, contending teams, I think it'd be fun to watch him and and hope he does well. I mean, I I I, I hate to say Austin Rivers to the Clippers, but. I mean, goddamn, they need some – I don't know. They need somebody – I don't know what the Clippers need, to be honest. Yeah, they, they just need a more cohesive team. You know, they just need people that aren't going to play individual basketball. Yeah, that's not Austin Rivers. That's definitely not Austin Rivers. I, I, Rodney Hood, though, is an industry I – think, I think Otto Porter definitely is going to be the most – he's going to make the, make the most impact out of the three names that I mentioned out of – on a playoff team. See, I actually don't know that. I think that Otto Porter uh, could actually play a huge role in one of these championship teams because all that he would be doing is coming in for sub-minutes at a forward spot. And Otto Porter's the kind of guy that's going to give you some quality defense 
defensive and, role, yeah. And he might just be able to hit a couple of shots for you. And so yeah. I, I think that I think that long term or short term in the season in the playoffs, I think that he provides the most. I think he could provide the most uh, benefit from a playoff team. But I think Austin Rivers is the most interesting storyline to watch. Completely agree with you. And Rodney Hood, I, I completely forgot who was in the league. To be honest with you, Josh. So before I just we assumed get- he was still on the Cavaliers. Yeah, I just I didn't even know he was on the Cavaliers. So, but now we're going to get to these great interviews. First up, we've got Jeremiah Milton, upcoming pro boxer. We didn't want to keep him too long. He's preparing for fight week. He's he's fighting in less than two weeks. So we didn't want to keep him too long. It's probably just about a 15-minute interview. Um, then we jump right into Mike Stop, the Oklahoma Athletic Commissioner. Make sure y'all follow us on Twitter at Kyler012, at jkeaton 22 Follow this podcast page at SportsBOBP. Follow at Blue Wire Hustle. Follow at Unwrapped Sports. Make sure you're following us. Make sure you're retweeting us. Make sure you're giving us all the favorites you can. The more you share, the more your friends will see. If you like the content we're putting out, your friends will like the content we're putting out. So please continue to share. We love you guys. Thank you so much. We're just waiting on Josh, per usual. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Yeah, yeah. See, yesterday I didn't I didn't read your message, man. It's been crazy, bro. Like my inbox is like stupid now. Stupid. Okay. So like so I've just been like chilling, bro. I've been like trying to get back, bro. I don't even know. And this is like the 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 beginning, you know what I'm saying? But but the energy is real. Has it been just popping just because like because of the ESPN, because of the top rank? Yeah, I mean, that's major, and it's coming to Tulsa, so everybody's yeah. like, yo, I'm trying to see that. How do I get tickets? And then I and then I put extra burden on myself by selling the T-shirts, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's crazy. Like, I've sold just as many T-shirts in other places as I have, like, going back home. And so, like, I'm good, bro. Right. How, yeah. how, are, you, how are you making sure to, like, stay focused, you know, while doing all that? To like stay focused on the fight on the on the fight camp um you know just giving my giving it my all in the gym like this is truly what it feels like to have fun with it you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. like you shouldn't be like oh i gotta fight you know what i'm saying like i know what i want to do like mm-hmm. it's not even personal it's nothing like that i'm going for the gusto baby you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. i'm having fun with it i'm really having fun with it bro so like i said we're still waiting for josh to join today again now today Jeremiah Dreamland Milton out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, fighting in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the first time professionally and not coincidentally at all. It will be live on ESPN+. I mean, how excited – like when you heard that news, when you got that news from your management, whoever you heard it from, how excited were you? Oh, man, you know, I was actually jumping rope. We were getting ready for my last fight that got canceled. So whenever that happened, you know what I'm saying, like – I already knew that I was going to be having this day. I already had this date lined up. I already knew my opponent. I already knew, like, yo, I'm being on this card. I just couldn't announce it. Um, dude, it was like, there we go. You know what I'm saying? There we go. Because, like, uh, I just need that door to open. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's open the door, and then I'll take care of the rest. You know, there we go. So, no, we had you on before your first pro fight, and we had you on right after your second pro fight. And days after that, you got a fight in Florida that you flew down for, weighed in for, was about to walk out for, and uh, a lot of drama ensued. A lot, and there was some mystery, you know. A, a mum was the word about what happened, yeah. you know, why why that fight didn't happen. 
until it all came out on the gram. So just give us your side of the story here. Uh, you know, like I say, I first I was just like, you know, like here it is, whatever, you know, but it was such a, a big letdown, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Such a disappointment for myself, for my team, for the people that was waiting to see me, you know, back in the ring for 2021. It was almost like, nah, you know what? I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta say something, man. I gotta just, you know, keep it 100, you know? Um, so me and that guy, we had fought. It was not a rivalry. Uh, it was just the fact that we fought. Uh, it was truly unmemorable for me, even though it was a big step up at the time. Whenever I was unranked, had seven fights, fought him. Very forgettable fight. Um, any punch I wanted to land, I was landing. Um, so it was like he was a strange cat, man. It was like uh, he was had a weird obsession with me and stuff like that. Uh, seen mm -hmm. him later in the amateur tournament, never fought him again, but I knew he was just difficult to deal with. And um, that's why I was telling my manager, his name came across and my manager said I would know him. And then I seen the name, I'm like, oh, not this guy, bro. And so like, I told my manager, I said, yo man, out of all these cats, man, like why this cat? Cause I mean, like, it's not that I don't want, I didn't want to come across like I don't want to fight him. Fighting him would have been the easiest part getting him into the ring, making sure everything goes right. Cause he's just, he just has something going on, man. And I was like, yo, I don't want to deal with him, you know? So, uh, you know, I don't, I've been pretty good at uh, predicting some things and stuff like that. So I don't know if I got good hindsight or whatever, but I said like this, something is going to happen. And sure enough, man, they called like, they called me like an hour before the fight. And I'm thinking, yo, I'm about to get on the, get on the, um, go downstairs and get on the, uh, the shuttle and they're like hey man uh something's wrong with your opponent man we think he's having a mental breakdown and he won't get on the uber and so <laughs> just mad bro mad uh oh yeah I mean, that's exactly what i told josh I, well i called i called it josh i said that you know this guy signed a contract to you know sign a fight a local fighter here in miami florida and he sees Jeremiah Milton. He looks up Jeremiah Milton on Instagram, and I'm not getting paid enough for this. I'm going to go ahead and back out of it. I think that's exactly what happened. And that's exactly what he said to us in the hallway, actually. Um, you know, so we, me and my manager run into him in the hallway, and uh, this is after we know we're not fighting and everything's going forward, and he bumps in. He tries to come up, apologize. A thousand and one excuses of why. A thousand and one. Um, he found a little way out, took the way out, and then um, – you know, he's talking about, yeah, we can run it back later for more money. You know, I was ranked in the nation. So, like, you know, it's not right. They're not only offering me this. Think about this, bro. You knew how much money you were getting when you signed a contract. We both did. And you knew who I was. He definitely knew who I was. Because when we got there, you know, my manager was like, do you see him? I said, no, he'll make himself known because he's going to come right up to me and talk. Um, he was real humble this time around, which was a little different. But, um, you know, whenever he come up to me and stuff, I could tell he just – he he gained a lot more weight. He was out of – he's a terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then um, – and then uh, – what was it? Uh, he he come up to us. He started like kind of talking and everything like that. And yeah, you would think everything's just gonna roll from there, but sure enough, it didn't. We call that a business decision. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. just, I'm gonna just go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and duck this real quick. That's a business decision. Yeah, Jeremiah's good to see, bud. Yeah, good to see you too, Josh. How you doing? Fantastic. Can't complain. I, uh, I've been training, you know, trying to get big like you, trying to get swole. So, uh, 
that's that's pretty much all. And then what you been up to? Man, uh, keep my head down, man. Making sure I'm staying ready, and uh, you know, I, I'm just I'm overly prepared for this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm overly ready to go. Everything right now is just pretty much maintenance, man. Like I could fight tomorrow, but uh, you know, and that's the thing with, with this last co- guy. I was like, yo can we get at least a little bit stiff for competition? I know there's a way you got to do this. You know what I'm saying? There's a business side of this too, yeah, but keep, like, keep you know, going, man. No, people keep were, going, keep going. People were, people were gutting this guy. As soon as I posted the picture, man, like you guys, I ain't gonna lie. Like I, I read this stuff, but I don't respond to all of it sometimes. Cause I got to focus. Um, but I was up like Jordan and night laughing at the comments, man, they were pointing out things. I didn't even notice. Like he had a fanny pack on uh, at the way in. He didn't want to, take off his stuff, you know, weighing in, like, fully cold or whatever. It was strange. Everything about it was weird. But, um, yeah, man, it was it was just good for him. And I think he got a little spooked by, you know, watching my story and watching, you know, yeah, the things man. I was saying. And he was being too nice. It was a fight. I was like, so that's why I kind of came in a little harsh with my post. Well-deserved. Well-deserved uh, a spook a spook he got. Um, so, let's again, let's talk about this Tulsa fight. I um, mean, I know you're excited about it. Now, who do me and Josh have to talk to with Blue Wire and, and Top Rank ESPN to get us some media passes? I mean, what do, what do we have to do here? What's going on? <laughs> man, you know what? I I, I don't know, man. You know, uh, no, this has kidding. been like – it's been strange, though. On, on top of that, though, just because it's like COVID as well, you know? So, yeah. like – How many people have hit you up for tickets? Uh, a, uh, yeah, a few, but like I say, yeah. I – I ain't got that type of clout yet. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got that type of clout. Maybe down the line, on my work on that. But uh, you know, but I'm I'm happy that uh, you know what I'm saying that is, that they put you know, of course, um, me being a local guy isn't just it. You know, like I've been around and I've uh, my name's been ringing off in some places and stuff. So mm-hmm. like you know, I think they want to go ahead and give me this opportunity to get on and see what who I can drag in and also like what I actually can do and all these other things. So. So yeah, it's, it's a it's a good showcase moment. Uh, so tell how us how surreal about... is it? To... Go ahead, Josh. How, how how surreal is it to you know be fighting like you are, boxing like you are, in back in Tulsa, Oklahoma, streamed on ESPN? I mean, what what does that feel like whenever you got that call? The total package, bro, and it couldn't happen. Like you know, it almost like it gets sweeter with time. So it's like you know, you let it uh, marinate, you let it marinate. And, uh, you know, everybody's been able to watch my journey. You know, they see me traveling. They see me in these different states, working with these different champions. And so, um, you know, if I was to come out at the gate, you know what I'm saying? Boom, I'm in Tulsa. Has, here's my debut. Da, 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 da. You know, even within this last year, there's so much I've learned. And so, I've, I've gotten so much stronger, so much more seasoned. Uh, so it just got the marinade. It, it got the stew. It got the stew. It got the stew. And, uh, yeah, you're going to see, like, um, everything put together. So talk to us about your opponent on, on April 10th. So who is it? What's his name? Who Who's the next victim on the list? Who, who's the next guy you're going to write down? Yo, Jadavion, Daphne, that's, you know. We don't need to make him famous. We don't need to make him famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Mississippi cat, you know what I'm saying? I'm about to take him out there. To, to, no, no. <laughs> hey, hey. But uh, I don't know, man. Um, You know, honestly, he ain't famous, you know. um, He he hasn't done anything, um, 
you know, he's coming off of a, a knockout. He knocked out his last guy. I seen the clip of that. It's like a 30 second clip. You can find it online. There's really nothing on him. Uh, I'm not worried about uh, what he presents. You know what I'm saying? This is my show. I feel like, I know like I'm not even the main event, but like, dude, it's my city. You know what I'm saying? It's my city. These, this is happening right down the road where my mom lives, you know, uh, stay, we stay out on the North side. Um, and, um, yeah, this is my city, bro. So it feels like my event feels like, you know, that's the energy I'm bringing. It doesn't matter who his name was or who they was to put in there. You're not going to beat me at home. And especially with my mom's there and anything like that. So like, come on, man, it's, it's my city. It's my town. So are you, so all of that, added uh, and, and I, I don't i'm not going to call it pressure i'm going to call it fuel i mean it's, so all of that added fuel on top of that fire fighting and you know my, blocks away from where you know where your mom stays currently like it's fuel to the fire and i can't wait to see it yeah yeah of course bro like um i guess one of the things i probably learned my nsu days playing football was how to properly channel energy you know what i'm saying so dealing with um whatever pressure you think you might have, you know, NSU, we had a rough squad. I mean, we're not going to talk about those because I want all winning energy right now, but Hey, it was rough out there, but my best games were always um, when the crowd, like the pit games and stuff like that, you know, I did, I did very well for myself. Um, and, and I stood up, you know, for what I needed to do. I did my job. Uh, and that's the same thing with, um, with an event like this where you have all your people there and like everybody is wa wanting to see you. I, I never really had a problem with the spotlight when it comes to that, especially like, you know, I know what I'm doing. This is my lane. So I'm willing to step into the spotlight, you know, like uh, I, you live for a moment like this, you know, so everybody can see what you've been working on, mm -hmm. your, you know, your gifts and everything like that. Um, so yeah, this is a, a moment you want to relish and not like, you know, uh, clam up to love that. I love it. I got chills. So are you in, are you back in Tulsa? Are you back in Tulsa now? No, no, I'm still out here in Vegas. I'll be back. Um, I'll be back on the eighth. We'll weigh in on the ninth and then the fight will be the 10th. But, uh, you know, I'll take my COVID test, uh, Monday of, uh, next, not this upcoming week, but the next week past that, um, come out of that and then we'll go straight into lockdown on the flight. So when I get there, you know, my mom's birthday is on the ninth. I won't even be able to see her. Um, but this is a perfect gift, you know what I'm saying? Fighting on the 10th for her. Um, but yeah, so like I'll be on, I'll be in the bubble, what they call it. Yeah. And then um, we'll be fighting. Man, hopefully, so, me and, hopefully me and Josh will be there. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. Like I say, uh, you know, I, I did all the the hype stuff on the internet, you know what I'm saying? Like letting everybody know and stuff like that. And then, you know, um, even though this is homecoming, when I get into that tunnel, it's, it's business as usual. So, um, you know, that, that the, the people and stuff like that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't distract me one bit. It'll be business as usual. I got my team. We'll go out there and we'll treat it like if we were back in the gym here. And, oh, Jeremiah Milton, thank you again. Pleasure, pleasure. Well, so joining us today, very special guest. We are in the in the presence of greatness, uh, royalty, as some would call it, an Oklahoma <laughs> athletic com one of the great Oklahoma athletic commissioners from our good state that Keller and I are both from. Michael, stop. Mike, how are you? I am doing well. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on today. 
Absolutely. Uh, looks like you're driving. Where are you coming back from? I spent the weekend in Colorado visiting some friends from uh, college uh, on my way to a uh, work meeting now. Uh, actually, a commission meeting tomorrow in Oklahoma City. So hmm. hopefully no random. So you know what, what is mean? so what is that like, you know, as a, as a commissioner? What are what are some of those duties? Well, it's much more the business side and the health side. So what a lot of people don't understand about the athletic commission. Uh, one, we don't oversee all athletics in Oklahoma, which I get a lot of phone calls and texts about that regularly. Every time something goes wrong, somebody wants to call and text me and say, why is this happening in my little kid baseball game? It's like, that. sorry, that's not us. Um, so uh, the athletics commission is actually the old boxing commissioner in Oklahoma. So we oversee professional fights. Uh, we oversee uh, professional boxing, MMA, and professional wrestling. Um, and I've been on the commission for almost a year now. Uh, and it was the roughest year we've had. Uh, so I'm being told from our executive director, uh, obviously, um, the way we're set up, uh, the majority of our funding actually comes through, um, ticket sales. Uh -huh. And right, right now with the COVID environment, that has been a huge challenge for us. And one of our big things we have to deal with, um, this year uh, and starting with our big meeting tomorrow is we're looking for new ways to generate revenue to keep the commission going. The purpose of the commission, um, we don't really oversee the standings and things like that. We just make sure that the players are safe and that they're following the rules. We're actually a part of the Oklahoma Health uh, Department, um, a subset of that. Uh, and the point of it is to make sure that our professional fights are safe and that, that the, yeah. the fighters are taken care of. And, and speaking of that, this is such a coincidence. We just had on, spoke to him 20 minutes ago, going to be on that top rank ESPN card April 10th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Jeremiah mm -hmm. Milton, hometown kid. Yeah. So I guess you're the man to talk to about getting media passes. I mean, you're the perfect man to talk to. <laughs> I, I can certainly look into that for you. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, going, man. You guys give me an email and let me know and we'll, we'll look into it. Yeah. Perfect. That's I'll great. Yeah. Be, like I said, I'll be at the health department tomorrow for our meeting. I'll be up there all afternoon for meetings. Um, and that, that now's the time to do it. So let me know. Yeah, so this couldn't have worked out any better because, uh, Jeremy, like Kyler said, we just talked to Jeremiah uh, doing a little promo for the fight. So um, I, so do you guys, like, look into the locations? Do you have to work with those companies like Top Rank? So not really. I mean, we work with them. The promoters, we don't work with directly on most of this stuff. What we do is make sure that the fighters uh, are healthy, that they're following the standards that the Oklahoma legislature has actually laid out. Um they have to go through some health screenings and this is pre COVID as well. Uh, and to make sure that they're following the rules and that's about it. We don't really get involved in the day-to-day -day stuff. Um, the promoters and the venues handle a lot of that. And okay. uh, would, would you know, sorry to interrupt Justin. So would you know anything about perhaps the UFC making a return to uh, Oklahoma or maybe even Bellator coming to, uh, you know, one of the larger casinos here? So there's things I can't talk about, um, and I hate to do that, but being a government official, some that of the stuff that I'm, I'm allowed, <laughs> we can't talk about ongoing negotiations and contracts that we're made aware of until they're made public. So I can't talk about it. <laughs> Understood. Well, I hope that's a good news for you guys. I think it's good news. So we'll just say that. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Definitely looking forward to that. So uh, we see that you have an Atlanta Braves hat on. Are you a uh, mm -hmm. are you a fan of the Braves? I, I am a Rangers fan, but I work for the Braves, and I actually am a Braves fan now, too. I, though I did ask them when I started working with the Braves if I had to give up my, my uh, you know, um, 
my loyalty to the Texas Rangers. And they said, no, you can still cheer. They're in a different, <laughs> different, different uh, section. So I worked for the Braves um, in a marketing aspect. Most of my interaction with sports is not um, sports directly working with the athletes so much, though I am a, a sports official as well. Uh, I do high school sports, uh, football and referee. I'm a, a football referee and, and baseball umpire and things like that. But with the Atlanta Braves, um, they've obviously been under a lot of pressure uh, in this current environment because of what's going on with name changes and the woke world that we see out here. Um, and so the challenge that the Braves are facing is not quite to the level that we've seen with the Washington Redskins um, or even the Cleveland Indians and even the Chiefs to, to an extent. So you've seen in the last year, there's kind of been um, um, a growing push to make changes away from what people view as disparaging American Indian mascots or uh, actions like the tomahawk chop. Right. Personally, I, I don't get offended by things like that. Uh, but in the world that we live in today, that's become a big part of their marketing uh, challenges that they see out in the world. Most sports fans don't care about that. They care about the sports. And, and as, as I've been an athlete my whole life, probably not quite the shape I used to be in when I was, was in college. But, you know, it, sports is fundamental to who we are as a people, I think, as Americans. Humans, really, in general, but Americans especially like their sports. And for the longest time, you know, there have been some hot spots, but for the longest time, sports has really not been pulled into the political world. Um, but we're not really seeing that now. So the Braves have established a working group um, of American Indian uh, advisors um, to help them work through this. Uh, I'm one of those um, on, on that uh, working group. I uh, work with them. We, we talk very regularly with Eric Chiller, um, the president and CEO of, of the Atlanta Braves organization. And so we're trying to work through ways to find a win-win solution. The Braves don't want to change their name. Um, they're not, the, I think the biggest hangup right now is really with the chop. Personally, I don't have a problem with it. I'm, you know, I'm Cherokee and Creek, um, grew up in Indian country my entire life, uh, traveled a lot around Indian country, but which, which is basically Southwestern United States. Um, and then there's spots like Wisconsin, Minnesota, and South Dakota, North Dakota. But, you know, it wasn't until I joined the army until I really was outside of Indian country and um, didn't realize the ignorance of what the, who the modern American Indian is. And so the good thing about this movement um, is that we're talking about real issues that are going on with modern American Indians, you know, I, uh, which is something I'm very passionate about. So I'm excited that the Braves are taking proactive steps um, to do that. They're working very closely with the Eastern Band of the Cherokees and they have a working group that, that advises them uh, to go through those things. So. It, so and, and that's the that's the constant discussion that we have. Right, is that this is a marketing side that they don't normally deal with. They're they're working with their organization. They work. They're, they're there to play baseball, and they're there to sell and, and uh, entertainment. Yeah, that's and the thing. This, this challenge is something that's outside of their wheelhouse. I've always been a number one sports fan. Like that's been my number one thing in my entire life. And then now later on in my life, as I, as I've you know gone to college and things like that marketing has become number two so they've kind of gone hand in hand with me and i see when i see things yeah. pop up like this when i see an eskimo joe's when i see mm -hmm. uh, uh broken bow savages with the big chief logo mm -hmm. and the big the big feather mm -hmm. on top i'm one 356 chalk doll and i can mm -hmm. 
it doesn't I, i'm not gonna pretend it offends me but i'm not going to pretend i don't empathize with the people that it does offend so with right. the, you, right. you say with the tomahawk chop you don't particularly see a problem with it the people that you've spoken to what do they feel about it um, so most of mine is anecdotal. We've done some market research, but for the most part, it isn't as big a deal as some of the louder voices try to make it out to be. And so what I do in my day job, I am, I am a, an athletic practitioner and I, and I work in marketing as well. And, and the Braves are one of my clients. Um, but mostly what I work on is what really you would, you would call crisis communication in, in this space, especially important in this environment where companies can find themselves in a very bad spot very quickly because something their employee does or because um, their their owner likes the taste of his foot and keeps putting it in his mouth. So they make mistakes or they do something that gets out of control. How do you deal with that? How do you work through it? And and so some of these sports organizations are going through that right now. So one of the other, and I, I'll bring it up, but I can't really talk a lot about it because we're still in negotiations. I'm also working with another organization called 7G and we're, we're talking with NFL to try to expand some things. So for me, the offensive side of it, I don't get offended by it. I can understand why people get offended by it. But what's important to me is there's an opportunity here for a win-win, like I said earlier, to talk about what is actually happening with the modern American Indians. Um, that, you know, I tell this story all the time when I go and give speeches. Uh, you know, one of my roommates, my first roommates at, when I went to West Point, uh, was rich white kid from, from Houston. Never met an Indian before in his life, right? And so we worked together all day and going through training and all the hustle of, of whatever it is you do as a plebe at the academy. And then one night in the dark, he asked me a question. He said, um, I'm going to ask you a question. I said, Dave, you've been asking me questions all day. Ask the question. He goes, well, I, I'm kind of scared to ask this question. I said, Dave, just ask the question. He said, so is it true that you grew up in a teepee? Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, my first response was, I'm going to get offended. Nope, I'm going to play along. And I said, yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave, I grew up in a teepee. Uh, the hardest thing is when the cable guy showed up, he didn't know how to set the TV because there's no corners in the room. And he goes, oh, well, that makes sense. I never thought about it that way. And I was laughing on the inside. And he goes, okay, okay, well, I got another question for you. I said, all right, Dave, what do you got? He goes, do you guys use smoke signals? And I was like, I can't believe he's asking me these questions. I said, yeah, I kept playing with him. Yeah, Dave, yeah, Dave, we use smoke signals. He goes, oh, well, I've really wondered what happens when you burn a hole in the blanket? I said, Dave, Sometimes we burn holes in the blanket on purpose. That's how we make lowercase letters. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> it was that experience, you know, working with Dave and, and going outside of the infrastructure where, where people weren't around Choctaws, even one 356 yeah. Choctaw like you, you have some exposure to it. There's a lot of America that doesn't have that. And so for me, when we start having these conversations, especially in the sports world, um, it's an opportunity to talk about what is really happening in Indian country today. Uh, because there are a lot of misconceptions out there um, in, you know, in this cancel culture that we see ourselves in, um, which is not a right or left thing. Right now, it seems yeah. to be a more left thing in politics, but the right has, is just as guilty of it. Uh, mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, my first exposure to it was in the 90s uh, as a Southern Baptist. There was a lot of things that we boycotted because of different reasons. So it's not, it's not just one side, it's both sides. But I, the way that, for me, it's an opportunity to talk about the issues that are happening instead of just canceling something or running somebody off or getting mad about it. 
let's take the time to talk through why we're mad about it. Let's take the time to highlight the issues that are actually happening. So like in Indian country, the biggest issues that we're seeing now are economic development issues, education and healthcare disparities. And we're looking at real problems with um, um, criminal justice, not, not just interactions with the police, like what we're seeing with the Black Lives Matter movement, but prosecution of real crimes that are happening in Indian country, murdered and missing indigenous women is a real issue. Um, so let's use this time with the Braves and everybody else. Let's right. not get offended about the tomahawk chop. Let's talk about real issues that are happening right here in the United States um, and, and talk about it. Uh, and so I, I try not to get offended or, or give into that. Yeah, the Braves put out a uh, the the Braves put out a video that went along with this. I mean, this was a few weeks ago. I think that you shared it. That's how I watched it. It was a yeah. project. Can you talk about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Still Here project, and, and that, that's we're going to be doing more of those. Um, the last pitch I made real hard to um, to Derek uh, Schiller was was that it was to do some more videos along those lines because I thought that was a fantastic video uh, to talk about. You know, the, the, that was specifically focused on the Eastern Cherokee band, and I was like, we need to talk more like this. This is an opportunity to have a win-win here where. And then you, you've also got to tie it back into the Braves' name and the organization. What does it mean to be a Brave? What Just because you're doing good things for, you know, the, the Cherokees, and they're doing great things. They're, they're helping with a language revitalization program. They're helping with um, uh, a history education program for the entire state of Georgia. So they're doing some good things, but how does that justify the name Braves? How does that justify the Tomahawk? So you have to put together a real marketing strategy that focuses on this. And I, I joke back and forth with some of their marketing guys they don't do things like that. They don't, that's not in their wheelhouse because they're, they're a baseball organization. Yeah. And, and sometimes when we're in discussions, I have to remind myself that I have to remind them that this is not what you guys do. And you ne- shouldn't necessarily be doing it. You're not out there to promote American Indian issues, but it's an opportunity and let's take it. And so that video was something that they put together that I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, people talk about that all the time. The other yeah. thing is they, they, have a, they have a t-shirt now that's actually written in tricky syllabary mm-hmm. that says ball player. And uh, that people want one of those times. People ask me for their shirts all the time. And it's, it's just, it's that outreach is the opportunity to talk and, and see there, there are real Indians out there. And I think, I think you're exactly right. The way that the Braves have rebranded, uh, you know, not, not losing their name, not changing the name, re, rebranding the way people see the name. And I mean, you see mm-hmm. that the, there's no backlash for the Golden State Warriors, but there is mm-hmm. for Idaho mm-hmm. Warriors. Why is that? Well, because mm-hmm. the Golden State Warriors logo is the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, so mm-hmm. all it takes is simple rebranding, uh, re-strategizing of the market. And like you said, too, diving into the, the, the best culture, choice that, that they made, by the way, was dropping dropping the W and just going with Golden State instead of Golden State Warriors because everyone was making fun of them for being gunshot wound GSW. So yeah. some other branding tricks that they've done there. I thought yeah. that was smart on their end. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I didn't smart. like them a couple years ago. Yeah. But, but for, <laughs> so go, I'm sorry, Josh, so just one more question. Speaking on local teams, yeah. um, for the Broken Bow Savages, mm-hmm. for the Idaho mm-hmm. Warriors, what could they do to, I mean, still, you know, because those, those are historic schools, historic names, what could they do mm-hmm. to keep those names, but, better recognize and better uh, pay homage to those names? So that is something that I haven't really gotten into yet, but I've actually been thinking about it more. Um, you know, Stillwell, Oklahoma has, high, has one of the highest density populations of American Indians in Oklahoma. 
uh, and their high school is the Stillwell Indians. You know, nobody's complained about that. Nobody's pushed back. Sequoia, the Sequoia go by the Indians and they're run by the mm -hmm. Cherokee Nation. But the problem comes, uh, people get very competitive in sports and, you know, you make fun of mascots. You know, for me, the, the biggest rival for me is Army-Navy. And we say terrible things about Navy people. My f grandfather was, was a Navy vet. He fought in World War II in the Navy. You know, I, I respect what uh, sailors do. Um, I, I'm still going to talk trash to them in December before the Army-Navy game. And I'm going to say a lot of terrible and disparaging things about the United States Navy, even though I appreciate their service to the country. <laughs> so that's part of the sports world. Yeah. I, I think we, we do need to think about how we do that when you use, you know, specific mascots like uh, the Warriors is, to me, is generic. But you, you talk about the, the Stillwell Indians. If you're going to a state playoff, you're going to want to talk trash about their mascot. So th there's got to be a way to balance that, too. Uh, I, I have a challenge with just not using no all because then what happens? Then you're ghosted again. People don't realize that there are, this, these conversations allow us to have the conversation about modern American Indians. And if we didn't have the mascot issue, who would be listening to us, right? How do we get that marketing out there? It's, it, it's a way to talk about it. So I always try to go from the positive side and look for a win-win. It is a little more difficult at the high school level um, where there aren't real marketing um, projects behind it. Uh, you don't have a marketing department whose whole purpose is to sell tickets, you know, to high school games and things like that. And, and high school kids can be pretty rough with each other, just like college kids, and, you know, army Navy game and talk about the goods and everything. I have all kinds of bad Navy jokes that I should and, not. And, the high, thing, and yeah. the high school kids are on, are the ones that are on Twitter and you know, that's where the cancel culture. Right. 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 Exactly. So it's it's that the high school one is a little more difficult to work with because they're not a professional organization. They don't have a marketing strategy behind them. You get to the college level, they do. Uh, it's a discussion that we need South, to have. Southeastern. You know, Florida State, the Seminoles. Yeah, Southeastern. Well, Northeastern, you know, we were the Redmen for years. I, I never once thought twice about that being offensive until some white kid told me I should be offended by it. I was like, um, I don't find that offensive at all. You know, now we're the Riverhawks. I don't even know what a Riverhawk is. Yeah, um, local so, bird you know like the, like some local bird apparently. that's how that's how you name it. that's how you but, name a team you just it's just a city and then local bird, <laughs> local bird. well like the the um florida state actually worked with the seminole tribe down there for them to have the chop and for them to keep the name seminoles and 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 that's kind of where the braves are going the the chiefs did that i don't think they've done it well mm -hmm. uh, the redskins made sort of an effort at it Washington but the truth team. is, I was while not being offended by the Redskins, that is a hard name to defend. It, I just, just there's, it's hard to defend. Um, and we've moved past that now. The Cleveland Indians, I still think, even with Chief Wahoo, I still, I still was not offended by that. I was surprised that they gave in uh, last September, um, which was a, a real bell ringer for us at the, in the Braves organization that we need to start taking this more seriously because the, it's steamrolling uh, that direction. Um, so for me, when I go out and talk to organizations and I talk to groups, I'm like, this is an opportunity for us to talk about real issues. And as a, as a sports enthusiast, I hate that politics has become so involved in the sports world, but that's where we are. So we have to find a way to make it a win-win. And, you know, one of the examples is what happened um, a couple of weeks ago um, when Josh was one of, on one of his many vacations. Um, Which one? That, uh, 
Yeah, which one? <laughs> He's always the boy's always gone. Anyway, the, the kid, the guy in Norman, you know, with the with the Norman basketball team. The, for me, as I watched that unfold, what bothered me the most was the focus was on him. The focus was on the guy from Tahlequah, my hometown. I don't know him, but I actually, when I got, when I got back, I actually knew a lot of people that knew him and worked with him. Um, the focus was on him and his comments. What was not being focused on was the players and why the players made the choices they did. And I think the opportunity for that conversation gets missed when you bring politics into athletics because everybody's just offended right now. Let's find a way to talk about the issues. You know, what, whether you think or like what, Colin Kaepernick did. He did start a revolution, and I, I would like to deal with the issues that he has a problem with. But more than that, I want I want to find a way to get politics out of sports. I don't I don't think it should be there, uh, because I think for me, sports is truly uh, a meritocracy. You work hard. You have the right values. You're, you're going to go. You're going to do better, and that's what we want to encourage people to do. Let's not get lost in this conversation about privilege and about all these other social ills that we have. The real but I just don't find that the sports arena is the right place to do that. But when it comes up, let's take the time to talk through it instead of just mudslinging at each other because that just gets old and nobody yeah. wins. You're exactly so, right. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch subject on us here real quick. Um, and, I, and I appreciate, you know, you actually talking about wanting to get to the issue and talk about the things that mm -hmm. are actually going on because we Absolutely. do have things going on in our country that need to be talked about. So I, uh, that was a great point. But um, I know that you go to California every year uh, you talked about how you were a referee earlier, um, and I I don't know exactly what it is that you do in California at the at the game, but I know that you do that. So can so, you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, I work with an organization called Seven the Seven G Foundation. It stands for Seven Generations. It's a Native organization. In their tribal culture, Seven G means seven generations. You, you're always looking back seven generations to see what your ancestors have done for you, and you're always looking at your actions to see how your actions are gonna affect seven generations forward. So it's always taking that long-term look. And so their purpose is to help develop and get recognized uh, Native American um, athletes. Uh, and so they host, one of the first big things they did is they started an all-star, all-American, all-Native uh, high school football uh, game. And they brought me in as one of the referees because they also wanted all-Native referees. So it was great to be a part of that. I've actually now joined their board uh, we're looking to partner with the NFL uh, to, to expand that program because the NFL wants to do more uh, in that community. Um, so as I talked earlier about sports really being a meritocracy, if you work hard, you'll go far. There is some politics to it, and some of it is marketing. Some of it is making sure people get exposure, uh, the real athletes, the talented people, the people who work hard, get that exposure they deserve mm -hmm. to be seen by these top-tier colleges, to be seen by pro sports teams. And, and we've had some good ones that have that have come out of Oklahoma, especially two come to mind. You know, Ryan Hensley with the with the Cardinals. Yes. Um, you know, he, he I'm Helsley, sorry. Uh, he and I disagree on some things. He's a he's a Tahlequah hero. Um, love what he's doing. He has a, he has a great opportunity to be a voice for that. We've had some others. You know, uh, the long snapper for um, uh, the Chiefs, as a matter of fact, is a Choctaw Indian. You know, uh, he's from down from where you guys are from. Uh, and then, you know, we've got um, uh, you know, Sam Bradford's Cherokee. There's also so there's a, a uh, there, I, I want to get to my, my next question. It brings you right into that segue. Uh, bro, I'm not sure how to pronounce his, pronounce his name. Brock Weaver, Broke Weaver. Uh, he's a UFC fighter. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I've heard familiar? of him. I don't know much about him. Okay, so uh, I was going to ask if you're if you're familiar with him at all, and if you're uh, yeah. if you knew about any other you know talent that could be coming up, tribal talent from Oklahoma, you know, from around the area. Well, there's that... quite a few. You know, there. You know, we've had quite a few boxers. You know, uh, my old boss and Josh's boss uh, was a, was a UFC fighter. He's Cherokee. Um, there, there was a uh, top tier boxer uh, who's now on the on the Cherokee Council. You know, there are natives out there in the sports world. Again, we're less than 2% of the population of the United States. Mm. But, you know, we actually have a strong history in, in American sports. You know, um, I'm, I just finished a book for the second time. I had to reread it. But it was Carlisle versus Army. My two favorite teams, Carlisle Indian School and then the, the Army team at West Point, they played a, a very famous game. Uh, in the early or the late 1800s that actually started to develop into um, some of the what we know as modern football. And really those players at Carlisle Indian School actually went on to help start what is the NFL today. You don't see a lot of that in modern times, but they were there at the beginning. Uh, they were important players. Um, and we just want to see that happen again. And we want to give some of these kids the opportunity to have exposure, to get some of the... Um, uh, the talent scouts out there, but also to be to have mentors who, who are players and, and coaches uh, in the NFL and at the D1 level. So I, I actually played Division One football as well at Army. I was the only native Ooh. on my team. Uh, oh, and there was only right. three of us in the whole in my whole class. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it's uh, it, it it just amazes me there there are a lot of issues and, and I think sports yeah. is an opportunity to talk about those things and not just get offended. Let's have the conversations. I love it. So, so I know, uh, I know you also used to lift when you were in high school. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What, what all records did you hold at one time? So I, I did actually hold two state records uh, and they were related. Um, one was uh, for single lift squat and one was for the shot put. Uh, and so I had the state record for shot, which has now been beat. Uh, and I threw, um, uh, 58 feet and nine inches. And then, um, which was not at state, it was at regionals. So I didn't actually win state because I didn't throw as far at state as I threw at regionals, which has always bugged me. And then, um, uh, I held the state record for, for squats at 700 pounds. How many pounds? 700, 700 pounds. That has also been beat. I, I think the record now is 750. But yeah, it was 700 in 1996. Yeah. Jesus. So, Colin, unless you've been, uh, unless you've been through, <laughs> unless you've been through Mike's Facebook, you wouldn't know this. But if there was a world, or if there was a state record for calf raises, well, you know, weigh your back with calf raises, <laughs> yeah. he would definitely yeah. win that. So, there's a it, for all the listeners out there, there's a picture of Mike stop on his Facebook where he's in red high heels <laughs> and his and his for a calves. Good cause. Yeah, it's the trick. Never skip a leg day. Never skip a leg day. Never skip a leg day. <laughs> For all you kids, that's 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 the trick, kid. Well, uh, I have one more question here. I don't know if Kyler has any more, but I'm going to go ahead and we have on with us once again, Mike Stop, Oklahoma Athletic Commissioner, a uh, huge part in the Native American community with sports with the Atlanta Braves. Great things happen over there. No, I'm just, so I'm Mike, just looking for pizza topping. I'm just no. I just wanted to say, Josh, before he answers that uh, again, uh, thank you for joining us, Mike. I cannot wait to meet you for that fight in Tulsa. Yeah, yeah, we will. Josh, send me the details, and I will. Uh, I will see what I can get done. 
uh, tomorrow. Absolutely. So Absolutely. If, it's just, if it's just the two of you, that should be pretty easy. Um, it's just the two of us. So yeah, the pizza topping thing, um, I was listening to some of your other shows and I'm like, I'm a pepperoni guy, but I always like to add either green peppers or jalapenos because it's got to have some spice. Otherwise it's boring. Yeah. So we're okay. Gonna... I love it. Three topping guys. <laughs> so it's just three toppings. A little extra. You're going to Domino's, but extra. That's worth right. it. That's it's okay it. though. It's worth it. <laughs> well, commissioner, well, commissioner, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It was a, it was a great conversation. Yeah. Thanks guys. I like what you guys are doing. Uh, I try to listen in every chance I get, uh, which, by the way, I didn't know there was a video component to this, so I've only been listening yeah. to the podcast. Well, but, we'll uh, anyway, we're going to put out a video it. at some point if we ever stop being lazy. <laughs> okay, I get that. Appreciate you, man. I get that. All right, talk to y'all later. Kyler, those interviews got me amped for April 10th. I'm excited for Jeremiah's fight. What I love about this is just the long term networking of, of the media industry and the podcast, you know, with us and a guy like Jeremiah who we've promoted on the show multiple times. He's been a you know big help coming on to help us out, and we help him. So those relationships are, are some of the things that I love about running a podcast and, and being able to help out people in this world. And that's that's exactly right, Josh. And, you know, and like Mike said, he couldn't get too much into the UFC, you know, coming to Oklahoma possibly. But, you know, if, if they were to possibly come back to Oklahoma one day, Dan Tom, you're always welcome, buddy. I know that we could get Dan Tom in Oklahoma. Get him, get him over there in Tulsa or OKC. Yeah, yeah. get it at the so, Hard Rock. So many things just from these interviews just got me amped up. Just you know, really in the sports mood. I was excited to have uh, you know two good friends of mine on the show, um, long term, long time listeners, long time friends. So it's very exciting whenever you get to share that you know that kind of success with with people that you interact with on a daily basis. I love it. All right, Josh. Anything else? I'm good. Uh, Let, I can't wait for our next, our next, our next episode. We have to talk about football and some of the off-season moves and the trades that have happened. Uh, just one that I'll preview. We don't have to get into it, but one that I can't wait to talk to you about is Kenny Galladay so, to the New York Giants. So, Josh, we're going to drop the episode on Friday or Saturday, but let's before then, let's go ahead and get a final four prediction. Uh, my final four prediction is Gonzaga. Michigan, Baylor, Houston. I've got, oh, I'm not sure who's going to play who, to be honest with you. I'm going to say Oregon State and UCLA, Gonzaga, Arkansas. So so that'll be Gonzaga versus UCLA and Arkansas versus Oregon State. Love it. That's going to be absolute madness. It, if that happens, it will be madness. If Oregon State makes it to the Final Four, wow. Josh, they've won, what, what 11 of the last 12, something crazy like that. They were not – if they hadn't won the Pac-12 tournament, they wouldn't have even been oh. in the NCAA tournament. They were yeah. picked – they were supposed – they were everyone picked them dead last in the Pac-12 champion – or in the Pac-12 tournament. Talk Crazy. about a Cinderella story. This They were made from March Madness. All right, Josh. I'll see you on Friday, buddy. All right, see you, bud.